Ultra. Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are breathing in Disney's The Little Mermaid one minute at a time. I'm Kester Dorowski. I'm Andrew Dorowski. And today we are discussing Minute 48, which begins with Flounder finishing his line saying, fall in love with her, as Ariel tries to figure out how her new legs should work. And it ends with Ariel kissing Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Because he's being such a sweetheart. He is such he's a, a sweetheart. He's a real soft shell. He's a... Uh-huh. I think oh, that's what actually... a soft shell I'm turning into being. Um, okay, so this is the the minute where I had notes about, like, the camera work and all of that sort of stuff. I think... It, which, like, obviously, like, they're not going to show her naked waist. <laughs> Go ahead. Right. Right. Um, but the, like, the level that they have it framed when they're at her, like, shoulders and everything yes. seems like... It's like, okay, but, like, it's going really low. Like, it's showing, like, her full stomach and belly button and everything. I'm like, I feel like if you're just showing, like, she's standing up and everything, like, it seems to be, like, indicating nudity without showing nudity. Like, it's, like, we are showing enough to show that we're not showing you. Right. But that is, I mean, her 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 tail tail would go really down low. um, And for her torso. But, But I mean, like... It, it, like typically, they would frame an upper body. Yes, in a different. I, way. I know like, what you're they, saying. Like the framing for an upper body would typically not be what they're currently framing. No, and, they would cut so, it like, off at like right above their belly button, probably. And they didn't like zoom out, so it it makes her head seem really tall in the frame. Yes. And so it's a really weird framing. It is. Um, and and that's like my complaint is like the the framing feels weird because they instead of like moving her so i think what i don't know like all the details but like if you're gonna break the screen down into thirds and everything right there's a certain way that things are typically going to be framed and there's going to be a lot of empty space in the upper third most of the time right that's how you would frame frame like photography and stuff right yes you want a decent amount of empty space in that upper third right um and in this case They've really put, like, the top of her head up at the top of the upper third. Yes. Right? And so it seems like the focus is low compared to a, st- a typical framing you, for, for an upper body of a, of a character. Yeah, in, your eyes kind of kind of do go to, towards the bottom a lot more. Yeah, because it's, um, like, pulling. It's like, okay, but there's a lot of, like, body here. And so with her head up there, she looks... Pretty tall. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's, like, weirdly tall. And then you're like, okay, but, like, then it's cut off. And so, like, typically if you're going to have a frame like this where their head's, like, way up in the third, in the top third, then, like, you're going to be seeing, like, to, like, their mid-thigh or something, right? There's, like, a certain framing dynamic where it's, like, it's weird to really cut hard yes. in the middle of the body like, they, yes. like they've cut. Where it's, like, that's, like, it's simultaneously, like, too low and too high for typical framing. Yeah. Right? So if you're going to do... um you know, framing that's going to include that much of the middle section of a person, you're going to frame it. So you're seeing like their thighs or their knees even or something. Um, Or if you're going to be doing it uptight, then you're cutting off, you know, like mid abdomen instead of low abdomen. Yeah. And so, and, and like, I get what's going on where it's like, yeah, it's indicating like she's here. She has the full human body. Like part of it's probably like trying to convey the full human body is like, look, no fin, no, um, no fish scales and no stuff weird, like, like 
her fin belt. Yeah. <laughs> I think we had different terms for that. But but the framing like feels distinctly weird. Yes. And I think it would have been more natural if especially because they cut back and forth between like legs and upper body a couple times. And like her legs are wobbling and, and they're showing like her arms being un- unsteady and she's like trying to balance and everything. I think it would have been less jarring if they had framed it in the way you normally frame upper body. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because so, it, it does look a little, a, a bit off. And so. And, and that's probably only because like we're doing it over and over again. And so yeah. we're like, why are they framing it like this? Where if you're watching it like one time, it's like. Oh, like this is conveying to me. Yes, um, that, that that she's, she's fully human. human. Yeah. yeah. Um. But on on repeat viewings, but even it when feels they, weird. Yeah. But even when they when they focus on her legs more rather than her her upper portion, it also is rather it feels tall like it's too. going too tall. It's <laughs> like okay, but like you can go like just above the knees instead of like a lot yes. of thigh. Yeah. When you're framing legs yeah. and everything, so it feels it feels weird, and it. And I think part of it feels weird because, like, we know what they are omitting. Yeah. In the way it's structured yes. and everything. And, like, it makes a ton of sense and, and everything. But it, it still feels odd. Yeah, it does. Um, it does feel so quite odd. I think that I'm going to suggest that could be an improvement on this. It's just a little adjustment on the framing of this it's, where it's like, okay, have more space above her head where it's like, yeah, this is the normal framing for... The upper portion yes. of a person's body. We we are approaching um, this year twen- twenty two years since it since it came out. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's okay to, to say perfect time to make an to adjustment. say it, it it needs improvements because um, it's been over twenty years. Mm-hmm. So or no, it's been over thirty years. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, we're at the 32 thirty two years. We're all about to hit thirty two years. Mm-hmm. So yes. Sebastian this minute. Has a great speech. I love Sebastian in this minute and his and his speech and he just rambles on and and he he's starting to start off with He, being, he starts marching. Yeah, he's like, Okay, we're we're gonna get back into we're gonna go get King Triton, you're gonna turn back into a mermaid, you're gonna be like all the other fish and 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 then he has a switch where he's like, Oh, but you'd be miserable. So okay, I'll help you find Find this man you're in love with. And that switch originally was not going to happen. Um, Michael Eisner wanted. Oh, the Eisner coming. Eisner. Eisner. We don't. We talk a lot about Katzenberg. Yes. In, in all of this. And, and like John and Ron and, and Howard and Alan. Eisner does not make a ton of appearances in the meta commentary no. for this for this no. film. So what does Eisner have to, he, to say? He wanted a change. And so um I think Howard also wanted a little bit of a change, or or he Michael Eisner convinced Howard. It's been a while since I listened to the commentary, and so this was part of the commentary at that po- at this moment. Um, but they wanted he wanted a change and wanted Sebastian to be like, no, okay, I'll help you. Um, and so they, they, it was added by, um, by Howard Ashman. The just be miserable part was added by Howard mm-hmm. specifically. And so they added that part and said, just be miserable for the rest of your life. Okay. I'll help you find your prince and, and have that switch so that Sebastian is more friendly and, and will help even if he's a little on the unwilling side. Right. And we should probably clarify, um, uh, Michael Eisner is like, in charge of the Disney company. Right? Yes. So Jeffrey 
was one of the ones in charge of like the Disney film studios, um, including animation and live action and everything. But Michael Eisner is the Disney company yes. across the board. So he's he's the top of the chain. Yeah. And and everyone should should know that they're with both Jeffrey Katzenberg and um Michael Eisner, there's a lot of stuff that happened with the Disney company during their during oh, their yeah. this is, this stuff. Is a big so, era of Disney. So, so these this are big. coming out and this being as big as it was really helped Disney Animation Studios, like we've talked about several times, but also helped the Disney company itself. Yeah. So with Michael Eisner and, and there's like really great documentaries that you could watch. Um, the Imagineering Story is a really great documentary on Disney Plus. That deals a lot with Michael Eisner um, because he was so significant in like the recovery of the Disney company and and like broadening it as as a company with the parks and everything and the Disney decade, which was the eighties, right? Was the was the Disney decade for the parks or was that the nineties? That that's I think it was like late eighties going into the nineties. Okay, I think it was so mostly like the nineties because I'm pretty sure that's when most of the Disney parks okay. internationally opened. Yeah, so there's like the Disney Renaissance, there's park expansion, there's Disneyland Paris or Euro Disney originally, um, Animal Kingdom, and uh, you know massive expansions in. Okay, what is the Disney brand going to be? What is what is our um, reputation going to be and all that sort of stuff. And that's really Michael Eisner thing, right? He, he really, really did a ton of work in the big Disney company, especially parks, parks and, and, and international parks. Too. Yeah. And international presence um, was really big getting the Tokyo parks um, set up, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and, and obviously like movies like little mermaid significant during this time, because it, Returned the animation studio to being like, yeah, the animation studio is a big deal, right? And because it was a big films hit, are significant. They're going to win Oscars. They're going to, yes, they're going to matter. And because it was a big hit, they were able to add those to the parks, um, mm-hmm. add like the the shows and the rides and the characters and the merchandise all to the parks, which really helped as well because these. The Renaissance films were were huge yeah, um, com- a- in comparison to Oliver and Company and yeah and Black Cauldron and all those. It's it'd be really interesting to like look at the parks in detail and parse out. It's like okay, but like really like what percentage of this stuff like with with the IP and everything? What percentage of this stuff is coming from post Renaissance versus pre Renaissance and everything? Because there's, I mean, we love the parks, so we're going to geek out about the parks for a little bit. Um, and there's a lot of park stuff that definitely is is historical, right? Snow White has a huge presence in the parks, um, in, in like all the parks um, or the, all the, the Disneyland and Magic Kingdom, the the fantasy themed parks, Animal Kingdom, they're not going to be Snow White stuff, but there's a big footprint for Snow White and Cinderella. I'd say those yes. are the, the biggest pre-Renaissance. Yes. Um, footprints and there's going to be definitely some stuff for um, Sleeping Beauty but there's not a lot from from the the Dark Ages Um, and there's a a lot from the Renaissance right you have a lot of Little Mermaid stuff Um, the princess meet and greets I mean the Disney princess like branding wasn't until the 90s yeah Um, so you've got like the princess meet and greets but you've also got rides I mean Ariel has a lot of rides Ariel yes. has a, a really, really significant presence at, in, in the parks. At Disney World, at Walt Disney World, there's a ride in Magic Kingdom, but there's also a ride in Hollywood Studio. Or it's not a ride, it's a it's a show in mm-hmm. Hollywood Studios. And you can meet her in at different places. And with New Fantasyland, which opened in 2012, I think, 
uh, it and this is all still in Florida. Right? It all in Florida. They they have a new like each almost each princess has their own like little section, and so they have a section that's dedicated to the Little Mermaid. And, and with international parks, so t- Disney Tokyo itself opened in eighty three. And then they have Disney Sea, which has a lot of aerial stuff in it. Right. But that opened in 2001. But I'm sure that they were starting to, like, create plans in the 90s right yeah. after this happened. Um, so aerial's got, like, a, a huge impact on on the parks. Um, there's a, I mean, there is a little bit of Mulan. All throughout the parks. You'll but have, not like, a meet ton. Meet. Not there's a not ton. a lot of merchandise for her. Beauty and the Beast, Beauty and the Beast has there's a pretty a big... Lot I think they they probably did a lot of park renovation in like the night the late nineties. I think so. And so the Renaissance films would have been the the big thing, in, in kind of a similar way. Like there's a lot of Frozen stuff there now. There's um, a lot of Frozen because Frozen to- was was a huge impact. Tokyo was it Tokyo or was it Shanghai or Hong Kong that just opened their Disney uh, Beauty and the Beast ride? I'm not sure. Um, I but think I think it was one of the ones in China, Shanghai or, or Shanghai. Hong Kong. Or I'm, Hong not Kong. Sure. <laughs> I'm not sure which. It's hard to keep yeah. tabs on all of them when uh, we have But there, there's there. a really intricate ride that just opened that's all Beauty and the Beast film themed and mm-hmm. um and so like they they do still add Renaissance film stuff because of how important it is to Disney culture. I mean, it, people our age yeah. who are now having kids and raising their kids, Disney Renaissance was really a part of their life growing up like from kids who were born in the eighties through the nineties, that was part of their life. Yeah. And there's not a ton of what we call dark era stuff. Yes. Um, there's, there's some definitely, but like, there's not like a jungle book ride. There's not an Aristocats ride. There's not a sword in the stone ride as much as like, there's a sword in the stone and everything, but like, like Peter Pan is maybe one of the, Biggest but, impacts, but that would be that would be a classical because that was, is that classic. It is. Oh, I thought that was no. You're right. Of it course, is, of course, that's classic. Um, Hundred One Dalmatians, right? Like the the dark era does not have a ton of presence. Rescuers, Oliver and Company, Great Mouse Detective, um, Black Cauldron. Like there's there's none of that. There's, there's a lot of classics. There's a lot of Renaissance. There's not a lot of experimental era. Um, they had plans for Atlantis rides. They had plans that that never happened. Um, I think there's been talk about Treasure Planet stuff in Tomorrowland that never happened. I mean, fans um, really want Emperor's some, New Groove stuff. There's but no that's, Emperor's New Groove there's stuff no group. anywhere. There's Stitch. Uh, Stitch happened. Stitch, Stitch was the, I was going to say, Stitch is like the only thing that really came out of the experimental period that like locked into the parks. They pulled um, a lot of Pixar stuff, right? Yeah, so, Pixar became big because that's when they, they bought it during the... Yeah, so California Adventure has had and and currently does have a lot of Pixar stuff with Incredibles and Inside Out. They had Bugs Life, Cars Land, um, so that's been a whole a whole thing. Um, but for like the the Disney movies, like the core Disney movies, the experimental period and the dark period don't really have anything, and the the modern era doesn't have a ton. But I think that's mostly because it just hasn't. Had a had, chance to get folded in. I mean, there is some. There's a lot of frozen. There's they, a lot of frozen. Fast track frozen. There's not a ride for Rapunzel, but there is definitely representation of Tangled mm-hmm. in in the parks. And Moana has plans to be in the parks. She's, and she's planning to a, be in Epcot. Yeah, and and some parade stuff. And, and so like she's in parades. And um. But and and so like. They would have to also add, like, some Wreck-It Ralph and everything. But Zootopia. It, yeah, so they've got some things. I mean, but definitely, like, even with 
just what you've already listed. That's way more from the modern era than from the, ex- for ex- the experiment- experimental, experimental just had, or the dark era. Experimental just had um, just Stitch, really. Stitch, the Stitch ride, and then Stitch meet and greets. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's really any meet meet and greets for any of the other really characters. I know sometimes I think there was like Kita and Milo from Atlantis, mm-hmm. but but rarely. And there's not really anything else. And so it's just it's really it's a really complicated. Um, subject because there are some things that people are like no this was a really good film even though it didn't do well in theaters yeah like, um, like i mean i love atlantis yeah i think atlantis is fantastic and the ride that they described sounded so cool um and it was going to replace um so it's it's the finding nemo right it was going to replace Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea but they ended up doing the finding nemo submarine voyage yeah, adventure at thing. disneyland um but that was going to be a atlantis thing which it would have been like really the cool descriptions and... I've heard from Imagineers. Like the Imagineers really got into it. It, it really sparked their yes. imagination and, and got them excited for for theming and, and all think, this stuff. And I think it sounded really, really great. I think eventually um, some some things might come to place. I mean, we didn't even get we're we're just barely getting Tiana stuff. Yes, um, and she was the very in our eyes, she was the, the very the end of the experiment. experimental. Yeah. Um, and we, they now just announced, um, that they're changing Splash Mountain to become Tiana, mm-hmm. uh, Princess, Princess and the Frog, the Frog themed. themed. And so, yeah. And, there's well, just... and then there's been like the introduction of Star Wars stuff and Marvel stuff and, and all, and Pixar stuff. And so there's like a whole different it's, thing going on after the Renaissance. They, they have to manage what they have, um, what IPs they they've gained and what IPs mm-hmm. they are creating themselves and and it's it can get complicated and and they don't have a to- whole ton of room to to expand all all these ideas and, and so. we're and we're so close to the modern era still like we're not even sure if we're out of the modern era I Ke- think Kestra and I like we we suspect that in the get, next couple that, of films that we're gonna break out of it Disney Raya films Last Dragon I, is potentially going to be it's like okay maybe this is the new era maybe it's not we're not maybe sure maybe the next one we we it's it's really it's really or, hard or and especially and we don't realize and especially with with um all of 2020 happening we re- we really don't know what kind of impact that's going to have on the parks mm-hmm. um, we already know that that they've put on hold some some ideas especially for Epcot um, but yeah, it's just the last few eras have been about a decade at a time, right? Since the Renaissance, Renaissance is pretty much ten years. Experimental is pretty much ten years. We would expect modern to be pretty much ten years, and then some. And then it's yes. the next wave, which is a little distressing because it's usually been kind of like a a a good, good bad, bad, good, good bad, and yeah. so we'd be in in store for a kind of rough patch with experiment experiments and less popularity yes. and, and more struggles and a couple of bombs. Yeah. And then, and then a shift back into, okay, and like what's going to work. So if we're still going on with, with that pattern of good, bad, good, bad, then we're going to hit a rough we're, patch. We're going to have a rough patch and we, we don't know what that's, what that's going to, to look like. And, and we're not just talking it, and we're not just talking about um, the whole company as a whole. Like it, we're talking about films as well as the parks I as well mostly, as everything. We're mostly talking about films because yes. like, the early two thousands was great times for the parks. But because but because of all this, it 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 does um, of the different eras. Um, they they focus. Um, if you look at like the the dark age, that's when they focus started opening parks. That's when at Disneyland opened. 
um, or, during oh. the Dark Age. Oh, I thought and you were then, talking about, well, yeah. And then we had the experimental, or no, no, the Renaissance, which was mostly focused on films but that was coming huge. out. I mean, that was the whole, that, like, the Disney and decade and everything. The early, and then the 2000s, that's when we had the experimental and it was more park-based. And then now we had a lot of films. More, I don't know if it was more park-based. But was, there was a lot more park focus for the company itself as they built California yeah. Adventure and Hollywood Studios. Right. But I think that was... I feel like that's aftermath from the Disney decade where they're like, yes. yeah, we're doing good. And then it's like California Adventure, kind of an experiment, didn't really work at first. Yeah. So like, like, I'm not saying that it was good or bad. I was just saying that it was like the focus seemed to be okay. more on the parks there. And then we had like a mix with the modern. Um, but now th- a lot of the news are more focused on parks rather than films. And that might just be like what we're paying attention to. <laughs> we We love the parks and there's a lot of parks uh, resources. Yes. Um, so, um, I mean, it could influence each other, or it could not. We, but with with adding Marvel and Star Wars, we really don't know. Like, and, what, and then Fox, we really don't know what's mm-hmm. what. Like this, everything is going to look like, and we hope that that everything will will turn out okay for for everything with parks and the movies, um, especially as we're a movie based podcast. <laughs> um. And, like, the park focus right now has definitely been, like, Star Wars, Marvel, let's get these other IPs that we acquired, and not so much, like, okay, let's make sure we get Moana and Tangled in there. It's like, okay, we're building Avengers Campus, like, we're focused on that. It's it's We not, just opened Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a big focus on making sure that the newest films get stuff in, which, like, and some of it just, like, has to coincide with when they're when it's time to do an update on something, right? There's, you know, a certain life cycle on rides. Splash Mountain, as much as people talk about it as like a quintessential classic Disney thing, was was built in the 80s. Yes. Like, it was... And it's called Splash Mountain because of the mermaid movie with Tom Hanks, Splash, which we've talked about a lot on this podcast. It is not an original Based ride. Sp- it is not, it's like, it's not a Walt war- ride. It's not no. from Walt Disney's imagination. It is not an original, no. like, hardcore ride. Um, and it's not based off like a quintessential property. And so as much as people talk about it being a a big deal and sacred to some degree, and like, this is not core to Disney. So changing it to Princess and the Frog, awesome. Like, great. Like, make the changes you, you need to make, right? Yes. The parks evolve a lot and people get locked into a certain picture of them and they think that picture of them is sacred and like the four mountains are sacred and in a certain way but you you also gotta make these changes you have to remember that disney's quote not not you specifically like everybody has to remember disney's quote that disneyland will never be finished as long as there is imagination in the world yeah because he he didn't (laughs) expect things to stay the same um he like some of the rides might stay, might be similar or stay the same. Like Small World, I'm sure is going to stay essentially the same for it. But they they for, added new but stuff. They added the new movies. stuff, and um and, and so different things will change. Um, so long as we have like the core of what Disney wanted for the parks, as long as there's imagination in the world, like he said, we're we're going to keep expanding, we're going to keep building, and we're going to keep. Um, having new things and some of them are going to be bad and some of them are going to be good and we'll learn from our mistakes and and either way it's gonna it's gonna it's all gonna be okay because we can't just focus on what we love as much as like as much as someone loves something um things will have to change eventually as much as i love big thunder mountain railroad i'm sure that something might have to change sometime right 
Um, and yeah, so like the presence of things in the parks is how we originally got here talking about like, okay, there's a lot of aerial, like a disproportionate amount of aerial, especially when you think about something like there's zero Lion King. There is no Lion King ride. There is no Lion King walkthrough. There there's is... a Lion King show at Animal Kingdom. Yes, there's a Lion King show at one park. And there right? was something at Epcot, but it wasn't a huge thing. Yeah. And so they'll, they'll do like occasional shows and stuff like that. But like, there's not an attraction no. like that's built into the parks for Lion King. But you've got multiple things for Little Mermaid. And so it's like a weird kind of dynamic where when they're saying, okay, it's time to update something, what's popular... And then five years later, you realize, oh, but we had this thing that was so much more popular. We just didn't know about it. Right? Yeah. But and, Ariel, and sometimes they never get a chance to catch up on it. Like yeah. Lion King is one of the biggest hits it's that Disney's ever had. It's one of the biggest hits. But Ariel is someone that a lot of people more, or Ariel, The Little Mermaid, is something that a lot of people connect to. And while Lion, while Lion King is one of the biggest hits, um, I feel like I hear more about Ariel and The Little Mermaid than mm-hmm. anything. Well, and, and some of it is... Because, like, okay, this is popular, so we're going to double down on that. Yes. Well, then you've doubled down on it, so it's going to stay popular, yes. right? And if, if you know, the Disney brand yeah. had so much Lion King in its in its iconography or something, and, and it's like, this is the message that we're doing, which which they had a lot of Little Mermaid and all of those, right? If they're doing, like, a, a quintessential, like, Disney movies montage, there is going to be... Yeah. A lot of Disney, uh, a lot of Little Mermaid, if it's coming from right. a Disney company. Well, I think there's a lot of Lion King when fans do it. Right. Well, um, I mean, if you think about it, they they also involve Broadway a lot. And mm-hmm. the Lion King, the musical on Broadway Huge. happened before Little Mermaid. I think a decade before uh, or so yeah. before Little so Mermaid the, the musical happened. Was huge. So for it was it, it was huge, and it still is. It's a really big deal. Um, well. When Broadway opens back up <laughs> and everything, um, but yeah, it uh, so things were were more important for Lion King than Little Mermaid for a while in different areas, um, and vice versa, and and so I mean I know we've talked a lot about 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 all of this, but um, this is because Michael we to get back to where we were we were on michael eisner do we still have something that we're supposed to say about this minute because i was getting ready to just plug theme park this which is another dueling genre show and and close out because we just did way more theme park talk i do but i can save it for tomorrow we can talk about it for tomorrow and um and and listeners another dueling genre show is called theme park this um which is one where where some other hosts from dueling genre talk about theme parks they talk about um different properties that could be put into theme parks and what they would design for them and what kind of rides or attractions or, or restaurants they would plan. Great show. Lots of fun there. So that's a special plug for theme park. This <laughs> because we did so much theme park conversation. If you didn't like that conversation, um, you should still check out theme park. This because it's really <laughs> great. But for today, that's all we from Dame have for you. And we're part of Dueling Genre, and you can find us and many other podcasts at DuelingGenre.com. And there you can also find a link to a Patreon page where you can support all the Dueling Genre productions. We're on Twitter and Instagram at DizMinute, on email as DisneyAnimationMinute at gmail.com, and on Facebook at the Disney Animation Minute Secret Essential Listener Society or Damsels Group. We want to thank uh, Nick English and Scott Tofty for our artwork and our theme music. And until next time, listeners, thank you for making us part of your world. It's almost half hour. <laughs>